0: Welcome to Earth Matters here on Gila Members Community Radio K U R U 89.1 FM Silver City and Las Cruces Community Radio KTEL LP 101.5 FM Las Cruces. This is Allison Civic, and I'm your host for today's program. I'm the Executive Director of Gila Resources Information Project, a nonprofit advocacy organization that promotes community health by protecting our environment and natural resources. I'm also director of the Gila Conservation Coalition that works to protect the free flow of the Gila and San Francisco rivers. Uh, Twice monthly, we here at Earth Matters bring you conversations with people working on the ground to address climate change in the Southwest and provide you with information on how you can make a difference and help bring collective action to this global crisis. Now, putting on my Gila Conservation Coalition hat, today we'll be talking about the upcoming 18th annual Gila River Festival, One Water, Many Currents, held September 22nd through the 25th in Silver City in the Gila National Forest and along the Gila River. And the festival will explore the many ways in which water connects us and is the common thread weaving together the Gila River Watershed's human and ecological communities of the past, present, and into the future. And just quickly to give you a flavor of what we'll be doing, um, this year's keynote speaker is Nuevo Mexicana writer and biologist Liana Torres, who will talk about the Gila as a place of her carencia or heritage? That's Thursday night, September 22nd, at the Global Resource Center Auditorium. And then on Friday, September 23rd, we have a panel discussion entitled One River, Many People with Archaeology Southwest's Tribal Outreach Fellow, Skylar Begay, Gila River Indian Community Historic Preservation Officer, Barnaby Lewis. Fort Sill Apache tribal chairwoman, Lori Goody Ware, and moderated by Diné, park ranger and interpreter, Alex Madez. And the panel will examine the indigenous connections to the Gila River from its headwaters in New Mexico to the Great Bend of the Gila in southwest Arizona. And we're really excited that the Fort Sill Apache Fire Dancers with the Goody family are going to join us again this year from Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and they'll be presenting the Dance of the Mountain Spirits on Saturday night, September 24th, at Western New Mexico University's Regent Square. And of course, we've got a variety of field trips to choose from that will offer one-of-a-kind experiences. You get to know the Gila River, which... Most of you know is New Mexico's last wild river, the last major undammed river in the state. So go to gila river for the full schedule and registration. Now, one of the topics that we'll be addressing at this year's festival is hydrology, the study of the movement of water across the landscape. And given the recent historic flooding of the Gila, we've got a lot to talk about. And my guest today on Earth Matters is Dylan DuVergé. He's a hydrogeologist and owner of Stratus Environmental, which is a a local environmental consulting firm. And Dylan is going to be leading a field trip for the festival entitled, entitled Hydrology Matters, Relating the Science to Our Lives. And that's scheduled for Saturday, September 24th. Welcome, Dylan.
1: Thank you, Allison. It's great to be here again.
0: Yeah, and it's great to have you. And well, let's start out. Uh, What is hydrology and why does hydrology matter to our lives?
1: Well, I guess in the broadest sense, hydrology is essentially the study of Earth's water cycle. And in particular, it's how the water cycle is manifested on the Earth's surface as surface waters like lakes, rivers, streams, and ephemeral creeks and washes. It examines the movement, the availability, and the quality of water in these features. And in terms of the water cycle, there are a lot of other disciplines like meteorology, oceanography, and hydrogeology that study different parts of that water cycle. And my specialty as a scientist is in hydrogeology which focuses in particular on underground water and its movement and occurrence and and water quality. So obviously hydrology, it sustains all life on earth and humans in particular, we have an interesting relationship with hydrology because we're both sustained by it and threatened by it. So um, that's what I find interesting about hydrology as a science is that It it both um, works to help sustain our society, our economy, through food production, through recreation, through um, drinking water, obviously, as well as ecosystems. Um, At the same time, hydrology threatens us with with floods um, and natural hazards. And so it's important to strike a balance when we're studying hydrology and when we're talking about how to best care for and protect our, um, our water resources.
0: Yes, absolutely. And um, you mentioned um, uh, hydrology affecting um, our food systems. Maybe give us kind of a sense of kind of what are those interrelationships in terms of hydrology and food.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, uh, we need water to grow food. Um, What I like to think about are the more complex or uh, sort of unthought of ways in which hydrology is important to food and and especially how food uses water and how much water it uses. So obviously hydrology from our rivers and creeks and reservoirs uh, sustain irrigated agriculture. Uh, So that's the more common way people think of in terms of how rivers impact food production. Uh, There's other ways as well in terms of forage for livestock. So, you know, um, alfalfa feed that those are one of the largest land using uses in our culture um, and you you need to understand hydrology uh, meteorology to understand how uh, livestock is grown and one thing i've been really interested in 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 recently is sort of the water footprint of our food that we eat i mean we talk a lot about carbon footprints But what we don't talk about as much is the water-using footprint, and it has influenced the ways in which I live.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you also mentioned ecosystems and obviously hydrology is a key part of a healthy riparian ecosystem. Certainly when, you know, this is a topic that we've talked about extensively over the years in the context of the Gila river diversion. So tell us about the importance of the natural hydrograph to a properly functioning river system.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, It's easy when you live in cities and um, are stuck to your phones and, you know, watching Netflix to not necessarily understand that uh, rivers and streams are extremely dynamic systems. So they're not always flowing the same way and they're not always there. Sometimes they go underground. So when we're talking about um, riparian ecosystems, one of the most important things to sustain a healthy one is hydrologic complexity. And we as humans want to control and channelize uh, how our natural systems work. And in some cases that it's necessary, but we've been finding more and more that if you work with nature, that um, capturing some of that complexity can be beneficial not only for the ecology, but for us as humans in a society. So for the Gila river in particular, we've just experienced the major flood and we've seen how dynamic that system is. It changes by season. It changes by water year type. So we can have long stretches of uh, very low flow on the Gila river. And then all of a sudden a very high flow. And what that, does is it rearranges the river corridor? It takes out some of the younger, less mature trees and creates what hydrologists called woody debris that, that increases complexity in the river system and in the riparian corridor. It, it changes the location of stream channels. It causes eddies that scours out pools. And all of those things are really important to sustain macroinvertebrates in the river, um, to to also move sediment and substrate. So it's going to change where you have gravel and cobbles versus sand and mud. And it's going to rejuvenate the floodplain by depositing organic material. And all of those things are important for both ecosystems as well as healthy soils.
0: Absolutely. Well, I can can tell your field trip is going to be super, super interesting. There's a lot to really... Dive into and, you know, he, you mentioned climate change and our climate footprint. Maybe um, uh, you can talk in general terms about how climate change affects hydrology, and especially on the Gila with this super, this gigantic flood we just had. I mean, um, yeah, what, what, what's the role of climate change in in our hydrologic systems?
1: Yeah, that's a humongous question. So thank you for narrowing it down a little bit. Um, the, the impact of climate change on the hydrologic cycle in general is that it will, is expected to produce um, m- more peaks. It, I guess in hydrology, we study what's called mag- frequency-magnitude relationships. And um, while the the overall wa- the overall um, climate in the Western United States is expected to become drier, when we do get rain, it's expected to be more intense. And so, in a lot of ways, um, when we talk about things like 100 year floods that have been mapped by FEMA based on the last 100 years of the water record. In a lot of ways, we have to start thinking differently because the 100-year the, the flood or the um, 1% annual chance flood may no longer be that. It may be more frequent. Um, and so the, the, what's happening in terms of climate change is that the soils within the watershed are going to be drier and they're going to take more rain um, to saturate. And so during most of the time, the river is going to have trouble uh, sustaining high flow or at least a channel forming flow. But when those conditions happen and we get um, an extreme event, those extreme events are going to get worse. So we have to get used to sort of a new. Uh, a new paradigm in hydrology.
0: Yeah. And I'm just wondering very quickly in the couple minutes we've got left for this segment, um, you know, it, it. What are ways in which just thinking about hydrology and climate change, um, and kind of getting used to these more frequent events? What are ways in which we can maybe build, uh, adapt to, and build uh, resilience in, say, the Gila River system to kind of be more, um, you know, reduce that vulnerability and increase um, resilience of the of the system to these maybe huge storm events?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And it it actually makes me think of uh, some anecdotal reports that I got um, in the last couple of weeks where we have determined that this last flood that we had is at least the third largest flood that was recorded on the Gila on record. And yet, when you talk to some of the old timers in the Gila Valley, they recall the, the previous ones being much, much more damaging in terms of in- infrastructure. And that was at a time when there were no, there were very few riparian ecosystems within the Gila River. All of the cottonwoods and sycamores have come in and I believe that those uh, riparian systems have played a role in lessening the extent and severity of the the flood damage that we saw. Um, And so one of the things that we can do is to uh, essentially consider the natural hydrology and leave some space on the floodplain for there to be some natural water retention, and there, and for there, for the river to be able to move where it wants to move naturally, um, when when we as humans try and channelize the river, it essentially it, it works for most of the time. But when we reach a certain threshold in the flow of the river, it blows through those piles of dirt and creates new channels and creates new problems for new people. Um not only that, but when those levees that are built in if they are built in a piecemeal fashion, it can protect one property but only at the expense of somebody's property further downstream. So if we incorporate knowledge in natural hydrology and how we manage the much the the peak flows, the peak flood flows on the Gila River, we can do a better job of managing both the, ecology and the human infrastructure that relies on the river.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Dylan, because of course, um, we did try to put up levees in the 50s on the Gila River. And then, you know, floods basically blew through those levees and wiped them out. And and so it's a really good point that you raise that the Gila has been in recovery, right? With the in many cases, um, you know the the levees getting blown out, so that flood pain, floodplain kind of going back and breaking out of its you know confines uh, between the between the levees and and yeah that that's uh, that's a good that's a really good point. Well, um, we need to take a break, and we'll be right back, and we'll talk more about hydrology matters with hydrogeologist Dylan Duverger. Stay tuned.